Hello, Team NXT, and welcome to episode 95 of the Undisputed Future Podcast. I'm your host, CD Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for NXT discussion, bringing you the UFP show that talks all about the NXT show. It is a beautiful night here on September 18th in Carmela's Kayfabe Kingdom of Shaolin, Staten Island, New York, and boy, what a historical evening for NXT. It was the debut episode, the debut hour to be more specific, on the USA Network, and geography does apply to that claim. Outside of the United States, you got quite the episode of NXT to look forward to, and a second hour of action to view on the WWE Network. What an amazing set of matches. What a collective chaotic ending on that second hour and a prophecy fulfilled here this evening. Now, I always like to do something special for episodes that end in five or zero, so I did put off last week's episode, but a couple highlights from there include Johnny Gargano stating that he will stay right in the brand that he helped become the rebel beating heart of The heart and soul of NXT is personified in Johnny Gargano. He's not going anywhere. NXT for life, no matter how much Shane Thorne wanted to be a thorn in his side during this announcement. Johnny Gargano, his dedication to NXT cannot be undersold. The man loves this brand as much as you and I do as fans, and the man has been an excellent representation of the scratch and claw and incredible wrestling mentality that goes into building this unbelievable black and gold brand of excellence in WWE. Rhea Ripley cannot stop talking about the first ever NXT UK Women's Champion ever since she stepped up to Shayna Baszler as a formidable challenger for that title. Offered a non-title matchup this past week, and through a strange, strange series of events. She disqualified herself from this matchup with a steel chair after the appearance, of course, of Shafir and Duke. Wherever Shayna Baszler goes, the Queen's army is not too far behind. A little bit of a strange call, although unleashing the aggression of Rhea Ripley through swinging a steel chair, I could definitely believe, but Rhea Ripley doesn't seem like the competitor that would put herself out of this opportunity to face Shayna Baszler. Rhea Ripley, her time is coming. We will get a title match between the first ever NXT UK Women's Champion and the first ever two-time NXT Women's Champion. Coming at a later date, featured on this NXT on USA episode, we did have the Fatal 4-Way to determine the number one contender for that title. Candice LeRae getting the opportunity granted to her to get her hands on Io Shirai once again through the course of this matchup, added to the triple threat, making this one a Fatal 4-Way, and of course Rhea Ripley could have made this a possibility of a 5-Way, but we did get an incredible Fatal 4-Way to kick things off on USA Network, and before I jump into discussion, I am bringing in a familiar former first host of the show in Nikki Six Stunner. Nick has some incredible in-ring acumen that really adds to the conversation and the structure of matchups and can really display the importance of what just happens in front of us from an in-ring perspective. Dialing them up right now, going to keep this one going. Going back a little ways. It's happening. I know he's there. Hello? Nick! 
reintroduced to Team NXT. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Pretty good. Unbelievable episode. Unbelievable two hours of NXT action, huh? Absolutely. A prophecy oh, fulfilled. We're on the same network. <laughs> Ugh, the the split time difference is a little strange. We're gonna have to get used to that for the first couple weeks. It's on USA. They have to finish up USA original airing in uh in the series finale of Suits, but let's forget about the USA drama discussion. This NXT Women's Championship Fatal 4-Way number one contenders match kicking things off here. We had Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, Mia Yim, and Candice LeRae. All three of these, with the exception of Candice, all three of these women have been competitors to Shayna Baszler's championship before. And all great matchups, but Shayna Baszler's put down anybody since the second reign of her NXT Women's Championship match started. But a really great show of effort. And Nick, I really want your input on this. In a fatal four-way match, it's really difficult for any one person to stand out. And you as a former multi-time hardcore champion used to these kind of chaotic situations, I really felt that each person in this matchup really got their chance to shine and show what they can do, and everybody's moveset kind of feeded into each other. So I really thought that everybody got to display why they were former NXT Women's Championship contenders. Oh, absolutely. Everyone was extremely well shown in the you know opening match um there was a bit of a rush in the start i felt like that was a bit of a botch but like you said it is not easy to be aware of everything that is going on at all times in a fatal four-way match it is a crazy setting no matter who you are and all Um, eyes all eyes on the championship opportunity here as well of one thing that really surprised me in all of this, and Candice LeRae able to come out on top after all of this chaotic ending, everybody has their opportunity on the Women's Championship shot. But Candice LeRae wanted one thing out of this matchup, and that was to get her hands on her former friend in Io Shirai. And Candice really, really shining throughout this match, not just facing off with Io Shirai, but really some interesting interactions, especially towards the end there with Mia Yim and Bianca Belair. Absolutely, and not even just at the end, in the beginning, that uh, huge spot right before the uh, first break with Bianca Belair was absolutely stunning. She took a lot of damage, but it was still beautiful looking. (laughs) Bianca Belair is a standout talent. She's one really could not wait for her to get full-time TV exposure, especially with the Street Profits and her boo Montez Ford getting a lot of time on Monday nights. I do want to go back to the one other memorable moment of a commercial break spot, that Io Shirai precision moonsault for a woman who's so inspired by Rey Mysterio I never thought I could really fully buy into Io Shirai and this bad girl turn and I don't need anybody and really just the rivalry and last takeover match with Candice LeRae did say it all but this new side of Io Shirai really coming out but the offense is still remaining magnificent exactly on point and you could still see where her inspiration is taken from Really great stuff. Uh, Really surprising ending, in my opinion, but at the same time ended how I feel it should. As much as Candice LeRae wanted to get her hands on Io Shirai, like I said, championship shot in her sights. Coming in as an underdog in almost every matchup she comes with, she takes advantage of an opportunity and turns things around on Mia Yim. Mia Yim taking away the last chance of Bianca Belair, her former rival, knocking her off the top rope, suffering a poison Rana at the hands of Candice LeRae to a 
another precision moonsault. If there's one thing that Shirai and Lorray have in common, it's definitely some nice couple of moonsaults. And Candice Lorray able to pin Mia Yim for the win. And I thought that was an important aspect because Mia Yim was the last competitor to Shayna Baszler. So it did end up kind of in a more traditional number one contenders match ended, in my opinion. It did. It came down to the last woman to take on the champion and the person who wanted it, in our opinion, the most. And I think they did a fantastic job in not only showing all the talent off, but making them seem strong within a loss, which is something that WWE television lacks constantly. A lot of 50-50 going on, uh, going on the main roster for sure there. Uh, Candice LeRae, big time win, getting some redemption on Io Shirai as well as a championship match. Kind of killing two birds with one match there, but Shayna Baszler would not settle for just standing on the sidelines. The queen goes where she wants and... She never goes alone. The Queen's Army accompanying her. Shafir, Duke, and Shayna looking right through Candice LeRae to show her dominance as champion. And even when they were facing off, it looks like Shayna Baszler's staring right through Candice LeRae. She's faced smaller opponents before that have given her one hell of a fight in Kyrie Sane and a former personality, Io Shirai. And these women have had... They needed a angry and aggressive side brought out in them when they face Shayna Baszler. And Mia Yim kind of had that badass edge to her already. Bianca Belair had that kind of confidence and killer instinct that those other two didn't. How do you think Candice LeRae compares to the rest of this woman who have already faced Shayna Baszler in the past? I think Candice LeRae, being around as long as she has, knows what she's getting herself into with Shayna Baszler. That's why she was very aware of her surroundings at all times. While the women of Shayna Baszler's little gang were surrounding her. She was very aware at all times. She seemed a bit shaken, but at the same time, aired. Candice LeRae definitely with, at very minimum, shaken confidence going up for this NXT Women's Championship opportunity. Really pulling for Candice, really think this can tell a great underdog story, but can't forget that the first ever NXT UK Women's champion in Rhea Ripley is also waiting to get her hands on Shayna Baszler and Dakota Kai with a return coming up next week. So a lot of ha- a lot of hands are gonna gonna be reaching out for that NXT Women's Championship opportunity. Um, moving forward, though, Nick, this was kind of something that I think you and I can take a little bit personally. We saw Sean Maluda, Shaolin native, Staten Island's. Owned. We've, we saw him live at a independent House of Glory show none too, none too long ago. I want to say that was even feeding into a NXT TakeOver Brooklyn weekend. So a talent with such personal connection to guys like you and me, finally, on a live television, unbelievable, is literally stomped out by Cameron yeah, Grimes. That was, that was, it was, it made... Cameron Grimes look absolutely amazing, and it made me, as a casual, like, as of right now, a casual watcher, look like I was very intrigued by Cameron Grimes. However, I also knew of Sean Maluda from our show, uh, you know, at House of Glory, and the other watching of uh, NXT, and to see him literally get demolished, and it seemed like he also got a new entrance song, a little bit of a, you know, 
entrance. You know, he had the he got a little bit of a shine going on going onto a big TV platform. It it looked it looked real good. I'm like, okay, my uh, a boy's yeah, gonna get a crowd interaction and everything like that. But he got absolutely stomped out, showing that he's just not worth it at the moment. Maybe he's in the wrong division. Um, I'm thinking maybe he needs to move down to 205 Live or something like that to be taken a little bit more seriously at the time. Not his first appearance on NXT, currently an active member of the Evolve roster, but Cameron Grimes, he's he's a product of the Hardy Compound. He's the runner-up in the NXT breakout tournament for a reason and absolutely obsessing over the fact that he did not win. And I guess Sean Maluda was just on the wrong side of this recent aggression of Cameron Grimes, but nonetheless, uh, hometown hero making live appearance on NXT on USA. Just kind of wish it could have been shown in a better light. However, nothing could have been shown in a better spotlight than this match. Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong. Undisputed errors, prophecy possibly coming true, but you brought up an interesting point while I was having technical issues that we should absolutely discuss. I did do a Wednesday Warfare episode when the October 2nd release was uh, was announced, uh, along with a TakeOver Toronto 2 summary. You could go back a little bit ways and check that out. But Nick, an All Elite Wrestling commercial airing during NXT on USA's airtime. The bold shot to this Wednesday Night Wars, one big conspiracy theory. This could be looked at a, a number of ways, but it was a bold move to say the very least. Absolutely. Absolutely, extremely, extremely bold move by AEW. Um, I think WWE knew it was coming and was absolutely fine with it. I don't think it was like a, oh no, what did they do? But um, before that, I'd like to say, um, right before they went for a commercial break, they had an Adam Cole and a bit of a Velveteen Dream hype. And while I understand Velveteen Dream and Roderick Strong was the next matchup, I don't think we needed any more Adam Cole hype. I think that time could have been used for another superstar on the roster. Um, but yeah, AEW's got some balls. <laughs> the champion, the you know, hyping up, hyping up the NXT champion. Not really. Yeah, it it was bound to, it bound to happen. You you have to address who the who the top guy in I, this situation is. I just think that like everyone knows who Adam Cole is to the point where he was he was on ESPN. He was on Fox News. Um, everyone knows at this point who the NXT champion is because he's in the mainstream and because they're trying to get them into the mainstream. I think now that they're on the mainstream, their main should be to focus on their younger, newer talent. Try to focus on them. Well, there's definitely a, a focus on the shop zone. Did you see how many freaking NXT t-shirts released recently? Oh, absolutely. And every <laughs> one of them look everybody, everybody's, everybody's got a shirt even if you haven't debuted yet. Hi, Roxy. How you doing? I, Velveteen, Velveteen Dog Colin is playing over there doing his uh, doing his thing. But Adam Cole getting some hype videos. The Velveteen Dream that we did see last week. Last week I did not do an episode kind of on purpose because I wanted 95 to be a big deal. And in 5 and 0 should always be a big deal in my opinion. So pretty much the hot shot points I covered right before I called you. Absolutely incredible Velveteen Dream promo. And before we even get into the actual match itself between him and Roderick Strong. Nick, I want you to imagine a feeling. Imagine you're a fan getting to see the Velveteen Dream for the first time. Getting that experience again for the absolute first time getting to witness this kid in the ring. So young, so talented, so full of charisma. I I can't imagine if you're just a fan of Raw and SmackDown and you get to watch this for the first week and God knows how long since you've heard the words NXT and you see a guy like that shine through. What a feeling. 
speaking of exactly that, I can't wait to see what my son's reaction to the Velveteen Dream was. He watched NXT for probably his third time in his entire eight-year-old life. Oh, good and stuff. And I'm going to get his reaction tomorrow. But Velveteen Dream is probably the first question that I'm going to ask about because, first of all, it was an absolute fire. No pun intended. Uh <laughs> little setup that they had before the match that was a great little video package as always the NXT team does amazing with the video packages um but it, the sacri- the sacrifice of the velveteen couch the whole like the just the importance of this matchup and really the importance of every single North American championship matchup since the title came to fruition and Velveteen Dream to even get the opportunity and win and challenge Johnny Gargano. He won the World's Collide Tournament and decided to challenge for that championship. Now, whether that was a psychological rift between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa's chemistry at that time, I'm sure that was a major factor behind it. But just overall, that really showed the importance of this title and this title getting defended on the national stage for the first championship defense. It, It really... It highlights it for more than just a mid-card title. We've seen incredible success going as far back as the inaugural champion of the North American Championship is our current NXT Championship, and now his his fellow faction member has achieved that goal as well. The Undisputed Era prophecy has come true, but not without an incredible fight. Roderick Strong doing what he does best, working on the back of the lower the lower back of the Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream doing the absolute best he could to sell the devastating moveset of Roderick Strong, but Dream is champion for a reason. He's so dynamic. He's so strong. He has such a unique ways he can he can get, not just at you physically, but mentally as well. There is something special about the Velveteen Dream, and losing this North American Championship match could really just be a launching point for him to challenge straight to the top of the Undisputed Era in Adam Cole. I think that's very possible. Um, Velveteen Dream was absolutely made for primetime television. This man is going to take NXT and shoot right to the top of the wrestling world. Honestly, that's that's my true opinion of him. I don't, however, think he is done with Roderick Strong. The way that he got screwed out of that title was too con- like too much controversy, and the Dream is not going to settle for that. Absolutely. The the fulfilling of this did not come without Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish making sure things come true. Unbelievable flurry by Velveteen Dream. Bobby Fish blocking the turnbuckle closest to Roderick Strong's body and delaying and overall preventing the Purple Rainmaker from coming. The chemistry of the Undisputed Era talked about it numerous times, especially with you. These guys know exactly where each other are in the match at all times, and that even includes coming on as an interference. Velveteen Dream able to break through the first rounds and a first end of heartache by Roderick Strong, but then we got the super kick from the NXT champion, assuring that his words would come full circle. Second end of heartache, Roderick Strong is your North American champion, and standing beside him, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, your NXT tag team champions, and Adam Cole, Bebe, as our NXT champion. Incredible ending to this first hour of NXT action. And Nick, I know you watched the Network Edition too, so I hope I could keep you for a little while longer. But I let's did. let's talk about the Undisputed Era. Having a faction like this, and 
honestly, the, the the faction art in wrestling is something that I really miss. Going back to days of whatever coronation of the Four Horsemen you lived through, Degeneration Next, NWO, Evolution. There's been a really long time since we've had a stable make an impact like this and hold all of the championships on one brand, with, of course, the exception of the NXT Women's Championship, but I don't see a hired gun for the Undisputed Era out of the question yet. This faction feels important. NXT on USA is basically becoming the Undisputed Era show right off the bat. These guys have something special, and I think NXT is in some really talented hands with these guys on top and all the championships. Absolutely, and I think that the the writing team is definitely doing the right thing. I hope that we don't see um, too much of the past take over from, you know, the present. Um, I feel like it may lead to a, you know, uh, Undisputed Era versus NXT kind of situation, and that always reminds us of the NWO versus WCW. Um, Somebody leading a charge against... uh against Adam Cole kind of in a similar way that uh, I mean at least my favorite part of that whole deal was Diamond Dallas Page appearing as a as a top guy for WCW and really sticking it to the NWO and the the and t- the t-shirt show to the that, diamond that, that, cutter that's uh, definitely a possibility at this point between Johnny Gargano and the many other NXT faces that that that's an extreme possibility that one of them show up and decide to stick it to the man as it were in the undisputed era adam cole at the top and in addition to johnny gargano who has vowed to us last week nxt for life we have a recovering tomaso champa on the sidelines not to be sidelined hopefully for too much longer because i don't think goldie is completely out of his grasp just yet and well, he was actually on uh izzy's uh twitter account earlier yeah, shout out, shout out to Izzy Mania and the uh, and the hot tag. That that kid is something else as as far as talent goes. She's had well a handful of impressive interviews. Just just I mean, you coming across it today with Tommaso Ciampa. I saw her talking to now NXT UK Women's Champion in uh, in Kaylee Ray. So shout out to uh, shout out to Izzy Mania there. Yeah, everyone should go and check out at Izzy on Twitter. She's definitely doing an amazing job as one of the youngest WWE. Uh, announces of all time. Just, just, just in, in, informally, I guess she has that that title, right? I mean, I'm I'm sure there's there's going to be a time we'll see her with the you more WWE form- background and everything behind <laughs> there. I mean, might as well throw the ad WWE in front of her and start giving her a paycheck. That uh that that fa- that family is definitely a a foundation of the full sale faithful for <laughs> sure. And yeah, positive things coming out of not just the youngest interview Tommaso Champa has had, but also I'm not sure. If, did you come across this? His incredible comeback workout video looking more incredibly jacked than he ever has with little shades of the surgery going through. It was very Triple H 2002 or 2001 I return. I watched both of them and I watched the, the one where they did the combined. Um, I think they did an amazing job. As always, WWE does a fantastic job with those video packages. Um, he did look very strong. He looked like he was still struggling a lot. He was looking like he was in a lot of pain. So I hope... And wish him a lot of you know a speedy recovery, and I hope that it gets better soon. We all want to see you back in the ring. Missing out um, on, on WrestleMania weekend and that true ending to the Gargano and Champa saga is something that will uh, always be looked on as just something not destined to happen. Nevertheless, we got the Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano incredible series of matches out of that uh, absolutely great first hour for NXT on USA. 
guys, if you're honestly coming across this podcast because you turned into NXT and that just got your engines running and came across me in just your most casual of searches, I do appreciate the uh, any new listeners out there. Definitely appreciate it. Nick is one of the very first co-hosts I've had on this show, started this very program with me, taking place right out of his garage, the first, I want to say, 20 plus episodes of this show so uh it's really all coming back full circle as much as a new era of nxt has begun incredible first hour the prophecy of the undisputed era has been fulfilled with all of the gold jumping over to the network hour of things though nick we did see a man who held gold in the wwe for longer than anybody in the modern era Former WWE UK champion Pete Dunne with the more impressive and longer reign than Brock Lesnar had on his longest run with the Universal Championship in action back on the NXT North American brands, which I say for lack of a better term, taking on another Evolve Evolve competitor on the roster there in Arturo Ruas. And I know you remember how much of a trouble we had with the Brazilian names when him and Cesar Banani were coming up. And uh, it's it's really nice to have a more straightforward name to be able to pronounce in Arturo Ruas rather than Adrian Jaude, Adrian Jaude. And uh, I know I'm just going to keep messing that up. So let's talk about how freaking good and technical this match was. We have the God, submission style. Match. First of, of all, an absolute amazing showing. Those two just beat the hell out of each other. That was a great way to reinvigorate me. Uh, I did feel, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, a little bit of fatigue switching from one network to the other. Uh, I don't know if anyone else had this issue, but my WWE network kind of dropped out on me. I had to log back in, yeah. The whole freaking universe is blowing up about that. Well, I think that was, you know, just the the outright surge within people going from the network to the network, USA Network to WWE Network. Um uh, they weren't ex- expecting quite the influx. Uh, they probably haven't had an influx like that since, like, Talking Smack. So to get something like that probably rushed them all, and that's why some of us got kicked off of our network. Shout out to anybody out there who forgot their WWE network password at the absolute worst time in NXT Me. history. But Dunn and Rua is definitely a great technical submission style-based match or Ruas really going strike for strike with Dunn and the unique submissions coming out of Pete Dunn's bruiser weight and, and Arturo Ruas and his Brazilian jiu-jitsu ground game. Really great matchup here, but all in all, a really strong win as well for the former United Kingdom champion in Pete Dunn. Great showing, and uh, Ruas definitely got some more time to show what he can do than the aforementioned Evolve counterpart in our boy, Sean Maluda. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what Ruas has to do, and Pete Dunn on NXT TV again. It's it's nice that these, that these rosters are interacting. Next. He has clearly shown that he is back in full power, and he is reinvigorated and ready for more championship title reigns. So I think that he is going to go for either the NXT North American or the NXT champion itself. I mean, speaking as speaking for a guy whose North American championship hopes we had the incredible triple threat with Pete Dunn, Roderick Strong, and Velveteen Dream all in all culminating in the North American singles match we had this evening as well. But Pete Dunn, championship aspirations all over the NXT universe, not just in NXT UK, which I gotta, I gotta get back on that horse again. Takeover Cardiff, unbelievable stuff, especially the Walter versus Tyler Bate match. And I do want to 
let's let's uh let's talk about Imperium. I we had some we had some women's action. Zia Lee coming out on top against Aaliyah. Aaliyah, an NXT veteran, very difficult to do. Uh, I, I do want to get into talking about the storming of NXT by Imperium, but any thoughts on Zia Lee defeating Aaliyah in uh, what I thought was a pretty solid women's matchup as well? Uh, I feel like they did do uh, a very good job. Uh, Lee did have a bit of a misstep at one point and struggled to get back on her feet. However, you saw she, she was pissed about that too. She showed it very visibly on her face. She was really pissed about that. Uh, yeah, she that, was that very upset spot. by the clear um, mess up, but uh, she finished strong nevertheless, and she did an absolute amazing job looking strong right there on the first ever uh, episode of NXT on USA. Yeah, split splitting the hours here, Zioe with a victory. Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne uh given the Undisputed Era interference before, kind of surprised that Bourne didn't have her hands more in this matchup. Zioe, a May Young Classic standout, picking up a win here on NXT TV. And things did not go too well. For a name I hadn't been familiar with tonight, seemed like a very charismatic young man in Denzel Desjarnets and uh ugh, you, I never really want. I never wanted want to not be a person so quickly. Imperium, Fabian Eichner, Marcel Bartel, Alexander Wolf storming the ring in a three-on-one assault, and these men are of the mindset that that mat is sacred and are eliminating the nonsense. I guess for, for lack of a better character message, and uh, Denzel, full of I guess fresh Prince of Bel Air vibes, kind of personality-wise. I I thought I was having a good time with him. Imperium, however, three gentlemen who are not there for good times. They take the in-ring competition more seriously than a lot of people I've seen in recent NXT, especially NXT UK history. Imperium, a dominating force with just Bartel, Wolf, and Eichner, three impressive guys on their own. But you can't forget the dominating, impressive presence that is the ring general in our NXT UK champion, Walter. Walter is such an incredibly imposing force, and Imperium on the same show as Undisputed Era. Nick, we talked about the importance of faction. What are your thoughts on Imperium? Really impressive group of European talents. Absolutely. I think that the moment that I saw them come onto the screen and Walter came out with that extremely imposing feel to him, the first thing I thought was Faction Wars. I was immediately hoping for Imperium versus uh, an Undisputed Era. That is what's on everyone's mind, and I think that's what they are eventually going to build up to. Really hoping so. Would really like to see a sort of NXT UK versus NXT at Survivor Series, but I'm assuming that these champions are going to have some gold to defend when TakeOver War Games comes around. But you can't stop me from dreaming. It's uh, it's my show, so I'm going to put these thoughts out there when uh, when I find them necessary. Walter, the Matt you is... You never know. Uh, WWE is never shy with putting titles on the sideline when the uh, actual pay-per-view calls for big-time superstars. We've seen the North American champion uh, not get a title match but be in the War Games match itself, so why not all of them? This is true. We could uh, we could very well see Imperium versus Undisputed Era at TakeOver it's War Games, especially with... Uh... Why not have all the titles on the line? With the with the amount of grudge matches that are credible for a next takeover event as well, we'll, we'll definitely get to this as as our main events. Riddle versus Dane, a rivalry that we could see. 
rolling on. We had the incredible grudge match of Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae on the last TakeOver card, the second of two, the first of two women's matches on that one. And honestly, I thought that one was better than the championship match itself. So Imperium versus Undisputed Era, two cages, two rings. That's uh, that's definitely a fantasy booking thought in, in at least my mind right now. But very similar to his confrontation with Tyler Bates at NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff, we had Kushida saying the time is up for Imperium and the time splitter had some words for the NXT UK champion. This is another David versus Goliath sort of story, but the styles, as adaptable as Tyler Bate is, Kushida is a completely different competitor. And he seems to be calling out Walter directly after outsmarting and outquicking Imperium for the time being. Your thoughts on a possible Walter versus Kushida confrontation? Well, I think it's, it's, it's more likely than not at this point that it's going to happen. Uh, Kushida clearly took some offense to the fact that these men came out and took his TV time when he is he had every right to it. So he came out and said something about it and uh, is willing to fight for the fact that he knows he's better than them. Kushida, one of the... Someone else's TV time, prepare to be challenged for your title. Kushida, another another Japanese talent gem to enter NXT. Fortunately enough for myself, I uh, attended SmackDown at Madison Square Garden, and he was featured on 205 Live, as well being partners with Jack Gallagher against Akira Tozawa, and the Brian Kendrick. So that was that was a great match. Cannot wait to see more Kushida. And before we move on to Leo Rush versus Oni Lorcan for the Cruiserweight Championship, speaking of 205 Live, I thought it was very entertaining that the time splitter kind of had a Marty McFly sort of orange vest thing to him this evening, very back to the and future. He definitely had the Marty McFly look to him. He was definitely looking for that look, and he hit it without a shadow of a doubt. Jean jacket, orange vest... And the glasses, full-on Marty McFly, and it looked fantastic. Definitely keep your eyes out for Kushida versus Walter in the near future. And a returning face to WWE programming as a whole, Leo Rush. Leo Rush not being seen for quite a number of weeks now, taking on Oni Lorcan for a number one contendership at Drew Gulak's Cruiserweight title and nobody wanted a rematch with Drew Gulak more than Oni Lorcan. There's still a lot of rage and aggression simmering with him since coming up short at SummerSlam and he definitely laid it out all into Leo Rush. I think, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sort of theorize about backstage conduct. This isn't that kind of program. You could go read the dirt sheets if you want to talk smack and whatever Leo Rush and your professional opinion on his unprofessionalism based on a secondhand account may be. I'm not here to talk about that. I am so happy to see this kid back on TV. He's quick. He's charismatic. I also found it funny that we went from the time splitter to the man of the hour back to back. So I'm not sure if I'm reaching too far out for a laugh there, but I got a kick out of that. Leo Rush back on TV. Looks like he hasn't missed a step despite missing so much time in in the ring as far as I know. Yeah, absolutely. It's been months, uh, as far as I remember, since uh, that we've seen him. Uh, he definitely hasn't missed a beat. He's clearly stayed up to par in the ring. Um, that was just an absolute shot-for-shot spot fest. They did an amazing job with the time they were given. Uh, it felt like it went on for hours, but it was still like on the edge of my seat for every second of it. Like you said, number one contendership for the 205 Live Cruiserweight Championship. And I have never been more excited for a title match 
uh, that was the Cruiserweight title on WWE programming, honestly. Uh, to see the Man of the Hour come back in such a strong light is exciting because of the way he did go out of the limelight, and uh, I'm excited to see what comes next with him and to see if we get more of the Cruiserweight Champion on NXT television. I'm really hoping so. We have a Worlds Collides tournament coming up in January. Really hoping that's just to gel all of the rosters featured on the WWE Network. It is a possibility and just kind of a conspiracy theory in my own head. Leo Rush definitely earned his way back onto TV. Okay, we're going to give you a number one contendership opportunity, but you're going to have to go through a guy as tough and as stiff and as hard-hitting as the Boston Bruiser in Oney Orkin, and you see a lot of those shots and that signature grab of the face and just slapping the taste out of Leo Rush's mouth. Leo definitely earned that championship opportunity. Incredible frog splash to end this matchup, but going through Oney Orkin, no easy task. That dude will hit you. Absolutely not. He, he hits hard, extremely hard. Um, it's like they, uh, it's like the old thing says: don't get into a fight with an ugly guy. They have nothing to lose, and uh, it doesn't get much uglier than Oni. Oni Warkin coming up short against Leo Rush, but the man of the hour ends. Nick, I'm glad you brought up the intrigue of the cruiserweight championship matchup because definitely a clash of styles between such a technical, dangerous on the mat opponent Andrew Gulak defending champion no short of submissions in his arsenal against the quick rapid fire style of Leo Rush jumping all over the ring coming at you with springboard stunners which definitely got a pop out of me sitting on my couch Absolutely. Uh, that was beautiful really nice to see and uh 205 205 live always producing good matches week to week you could watch it even on Hulu if you're out there listening I will defend cruiserweight wrestling till the day I die it's what got me started in watching in the very first place and Nick you were brought into your own professionalism in hardcore wrestling and it did not get much more of a hardcore environment than what we saw in this two hours worth of a main event Matt Riddle versus Killian Dane in a street fight ending in a very unique no contest. But this rivalry has honestly been chaos from the word go. The first night Killian Dane blindsided and attacked Matt Riddle, it ended with a senton through the stage. We remember the absolute blow-up of a brawl that they had at the last takeover, all leading up to a couple of canceled matches because these two will not get in a formal one-on-one situation leading to a street fight, street fight ending in a very unique way after leaving the ring. Walter and Imperium all over the all of the all over Full Sail University tonight, Forgotten Sons running in. I feel like the whole entire roster was there, but this match definitely delivered in the time it was given. Oof, man, uh, how do you speak to that with your personal hardcore chaotic experiences? What do you what do you do when you got that many people attacking and just blindly swinging at each other? Honestly, uh, with the ongoing twenty four seven title going on right now on the main roster, or what is conceived to be the main roster at this point, um, it is amazing to see actual hardcore wrestling uh, shining through on NXT television at the time because you know, like it, like it said everywhere nxt is the breakout talent and they are the ones really grinding their teeth to get the attention of everybody and to see that come through on nxt is amazing because it's nice to know that that art that art form is not completely dead in the wwe's eyes and hope that there may actually be some sort of hardcore stipulation title added to maybe one of the uh, network shows, possibly 205 Live, anything at this point. 
would be spectacular. <laughs> NXT UK is rumored to have a, uh, a second championship coming into coming into the fray, and I'm, I'm really glad you brought up that point about the breakout stars, because what better way to get yourself some TV time than in a chaotic main event ending brawl? We had the Forgotten Sons out there, Imperium, you know, Walter and Matt Riddle with an interaction which could create for another interesting foreshadow of a matchup. We'd love to see Riddle versus Walter in, in NXT or NXT UK match. Uh, who who wasn't out there, I really think, is an easier question to answer at this point. Just too much chaos. Absolute amazing showing of all the talent out there. There was a lot of talent out there, and I absolutely agree. But at no point did I feel rushed or like it was too chaotic where I didn't know where anyone was or something like that. I feel like everyone got their screen time. They did an absolute amazing job of showcasing what everyone who was there was good at and they did an absolute fantastic job for their first show. Absolutely wild and chaotic brawl. This rivalry between Riddle and Dane just seems to have no end whether through chaotic forces that they drive themselves or just what happens to Turn up and turn around in the NXT universe and a crazy brawl and based on a couple of reports that I'm that I'm seeing here, haven't been able to see any WWE.com footage yet, but I'm reading something here that Commissioner William Regal interrupted the brawl and said it will continue next week. Wait for it. Still wait for it. With a shot at Adam Cole's NXT title on the line. So not only could Killian Dane come back, make a monster impact with a major rival with a major rivalry and take down a breakout star like Matt Riddle, but he could find himself competing for NXT Gold, which he did not get a chance to do when he was back here representing Sanity. Matt Riddle and Adam Cole, though, with their own bit of history, if you remember the fatal five-way number one contendership match for Johnny Gargano at TakeOver New York, Matt Riddle pinned by Adam Cole for that opportunity. Lots of lots of history with Riddle and the Undisputed Era. Lots of history with Killian Dane just in general on NXT. Nick, I really think either one of these guys can make a believable number one contender for Cole at this point. Absolutely. Killian Dane has shown not only on NXT but on WWE programming that he is the powerhouse to be reckoned with. And he can not only wrestle technically, but we saw it last week, that he can have a parole with the best of them. So, to put all that down and, like, see it up against Adam Cole would be absolutely amazing. On the flip side of that, Matt Riddle has been on fire since entering NXT. So it is undeniable that he has earned his chops for the title match. Who comes out on top is, is anyone's guess at this point. Uh, my personal pick is Killian Dane. Sanity for life, uh, but I honestly um, I couldn't tell you who's going to win. But like I said, Killian Dane is my personal pick. I think Matt Riddle is going to fight with no end. Uh, uh, the ending is going to be truly something to be seen. Really uh, great. I'm excited. Really great rivalry outside of a title picture. Riddle and Dane putting each other through hell, leading up to a number one contendership opportunity up for grabs. Your vote in Killian Dane. I got to go with the King of Bros on this one. I don't think his history with the Undisputed Era is over. However, unsuccessful at TakeOver, facing the Velveteen Dream for the North American title. So Riddle would really need to bounce back from a lost championship opportunity in the past. Crazy ending 
unbelievable two hours of pro wrestling. Guys, if this was your first shot at watching NXT, this this is every week. If you're frustrated with Raw and you're frustrated with SmackDown and you have the WWE Network, I don't know what you've been doing for this past amount of time, but you could see it all. The same place that you watch Raw, the same time spot. I'm not sure about your Wednesday schedule. You could watch it on demand on Thursdays, the day after, on the network. That especially goes for uh, the international audience I may have out there. Geography does apply when we are discussing NXT on USA phrasing. Uh, Nick, it was absolutely a thrill to have you back on the show. It's nice to have some back and forth going. Despite the two hours, I'm sticking within my usual time frame of giving you guys about a 45-minute show with a quick possibility of a commute. Nick, thank you so much for uh, for coming on here and talking about this absolutely historical night for the Black and Gold brand. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been great to be back, uh, as always, on the on this Feed the Future podcast. Um, it been a long time but i can't wait to be back on again we'll definitely do it again i gave it a sound check before uh samsung galaxy s8 seems to be giving decent quality feed into my uh microphone here thank you so much for one more thing listening. i would like to say Absolutely. is uh, i would love to give wwe props for staying and having their first show at full sale to me that was as definitely. an nxt like you know fan long time it really meant a lot to see that they stayed with full sale with full sale i'm sorry in such a big pivotal time and to have their first show there it meant a lot just to me as a fan and definitely to that point the full self faithful always a hot crowd always some oh, yeah. very always the crowd reaction was amazing always unique characters that we've uh, that we've been become familiar with in addition to the roster in the crowd so uh, it's it's always fun to see what they do it's it's really it's it's a great crowd there's there's a great aura going on when just when watching it yeah Going back a little bit of a ways when uh, when we were first going back and hyping up us going to take over Brooklyn One, the shirt that I'm coincidentally rocking right now, and they would boo every reference to New York. That might have been the most fed up I've been with Full Sail, but I give, I give credit where it's due. Great set of fans, great crowd, and really, really establishing how important and how great NXT is, and given proper reactions to the match. I loved how split they were during the Velveteen Dream and Roderick Strong match. People for the prophecy, people against the prophecy coming true. Always uh, always an interesting dynamic going on down there in Florida. That about wraps things up, though. Uh, Nick, I'm going to thank you again. I'm going to thank everybody out there for listening to episode 95 of the UFP show that talks about the NXT show, the Undisputed Future podcast, longest-running, independently-produced NXT podcast available. Be sure you're following all the social media at podcast underscore UF. At Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word is the Instagram. Check out wrestling memes and pictures of the Velveteen Dog. And thank you no matter how you're listening to this, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, which may be redundant to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, however you're listening to these things, or my most advertised one, the SoundCloud page. Thank you so much for tuning in. There is no I in Team NXT. Could not be doing this. Without you guys, could not have a successful episode tonight without Nick answering his phone and returning back on. So, again, just great time to be a pro wrestling fan. It's a great time to be a pro wrestling fan. That sums things up as much as I possibly could. Watch a watch 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 Wednesday nights. Just watch Wednesday nights. We are living through something special here, people. With a reinvigorated Raw to come, SmackDown moving to Fox, NXT going live, 
with the option of AEW. We're living in a golden era. I hope you're not sleeping on it. Keep watching as much wrestling as you possibly can. Thank you so much for listening. I am CD Danny Mac. That has been Nikki Six Stunna, and I will talk to you next time.